Otherwise, with Nancy Richards. Thanks very much, Sandra, and thank you very much for the tip. In fact, we are in half darkness because uh, here in our studio, we prefer to be ever so slightly darker because it keeps the, the noise of the lights down, but there you go. So otherwise, it is uh, talking to you from Cape Town to with the team, Hazel, my cousin, and Derek Fordyce, and we are back in Cape Town, as I say. And on the, on the show today, first up, selling fashion, the psychology behind it, getting a little bit of insight on that from Maria Petusi of the Target Group Index. In our Friday feature on women's organisations, POV, Point of View it stands for, it's the name London graphic designer Damien Poulain has given to his books of images by women photographers from cities all over the world, the latest one being work of uh, women photographers in Johannesburg. 100 in, a, 100 in one day, well that turns an ordinary city into a hive of citizen activity and we'll be hearing more about the project here in Cape Town from K- Kiara Ramklas, here about her Art Alive project. And finally, uh, just uh, warming you up for SFM Literature on Sunday, we'll be hearing a little bit about the Kingsmead Book Fair that's happening this Saturday in Johannesburg. So that's what we've got on the lineup. What's news? Well, we are fresh back from Johannesburg, and if you were listening yesterday and the day before, you would have heard us chatting from a very lively women's uh, leadership conference. It was a quality live for a We Are the Leaders We've Been Waiting For conference, the theme of which is was, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Well, that is the opening question asked in the book called Lean In by Cheryl Sandberg, and I promised myself that we're going to try and get her on the program at some stage, but maybe a tricky call. She is, after all, Chief Operating Officer of Facebook, kind of a busy organisation. But I thought you might just like to... to There's been a lot said about it, so let me just read you the opening, uh, opening paragraphs here. She says, my grandmother, Rosalind Einhorn, was born exactly 52 years before I was on August the 28th, 1917. Like many poor Jewish families in the boroughs of New York City, hers lived in a small crowded apartment close to their relatives. Her parents, aunts and uncles addressed her male cousins by their given names, but she and her sister were referred to only as girly. During the Depression, my grandmother was pulled out of Morris High School to help support the household by sewing fabric flowers onto undergarments that her mother could resell for a tiny profit. No one in the community would have considered taking a boy out of school. A boy's education was the family's hope to move up the financial and social ladder. Education for girls, however, was less important, both financially, since they were unlikely to contribute to the family's income, and culturally, since boys were expected to study the Torah, while girls were expected to run a proper home. Luckily for my grandmother, a local teacher insisted that her parents put her back into school. She went on not only to finish high school, but to graduate from UC Berkeley. After college, Gurley worked selling pocketbooks and accessories at David's Fifth Avenue. When she left her job to marry my grandfather, family legend has it that David's had to hire four people to replace her. Years later, when my grandfather's paint business was struggling, she jumped in and took some of the hard steps he was reluctant to take, helping to save the family from financial ruin. She displayed her business acumen again in her 40s. After being diagnosed with breast cancer, she beat it, then dedicated herself to raising money for the clinic that treated her by selling knockoff watches out of the trunk of her car. Gurley ended up with a profit margin that Apple would envy. I've never met anyone with more energy and determination than my grandmother. When Warren Buffett talks about competing against only half the population, I think about her and wonder how different her life might have been if she'd been born half a century later. Well, there's a story, hey? And uh, I can assure you the rest of the book is equally good, so do lay your hands on it. If you can, lean in, women work and the will to lead. Cheryl Sandberg, and it's been described by the Times as the business manual of the year. You're listening to Otherwise. Stay with us. Otherwise. 
Well, how do you sell clothes in a shopping environment that's absolutely packed with competition? I was listening to Les O'Pias talking this morning at a Business Women's Association breakfast, and she was talking about uh, shop assistants as being the unicorns of the retail industry because they are so scarce. Well, uh, if you do some, uh, if you want to do some research, I guess that would be the way the answer to get to, to, to find out what it is that women are actually wanting. And we spoke to Maria Petusi, and she is with the Target Group Index about what marketers wanted to know about the habits of women shoppers. What marketers would love to know about the South African female shopper predominantly is how she is thinking ultimately around her fashion preferences as well as the way in which she shops. So we try to empower marketers and clients in terms of what differentiates one group from another which would enable them to connect with them better and appeal to them to increase their market share. Gosh, the ways in which she shops, I imagine that's pretty much different for each and every woman in the country. How do you categorize them? First of all, we've looked at an age difference because age does definitely have a plain sense of fashion preferences. Apart from that, we've looked at preferences towards personal appearance and attitudes towards shopping. And we found that four main groups actually differentiate one from another. Okay, and the four groups are? Sure. Um, the first group is the young, hip and happening hipster. The second is the yuppie fashionista. We've got the corporate darlings as well and the stylish mommies. Do all of us fit into one of those? Yes, all, all of us predominantly fit into one of those four groupings. Okay, gosh, which one are you? I am the corporate darling. Should I tell you more about myself? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. The corporate uh, darlings love it. I'm a full-time worker and I, I definitely buy clothes for comfort, um, although I do like the style in them as well. I'm typically a great planner. Before I go shopping, I'd know exactly what I'm looking for. Um, I love to use the internet to read my e-books. And brands which uh, appeal to me are, for example, Gap and Guess. Apart from my preference to buying clothes for comfort, I also love to find out about new recipes. So if I were to read about fashion in different magazines, um, I would love to have a, a recipe element to it as well. And I'm not typically just a, a fashion magazine reader, but I also love to read about current news and events in, for example, the Mail and Guardian and the Praetorian News. Give us the other profiles then. The first profile is a, a young, hip and happening hipster, typically an independent single who's very fashion conscious, loves to attend different fashion shows and actually spends quite a lot on shopping in terms of money. Trendsetters, quite fashionably sociable and influence their friends and family to purchase from brands which they prefer, which are typically Mr. Price, Akajo and YDE. And uh, what was it, the yuppie? The Yappy Fashionistas are typically single parents. They like to very much stand out in the crowd and wear designer clothes. They're social butterflies, love to read blogs online. Typically, uh, uh, retailers which appeal to them are Stutterford's um, Urban and Jenny Button. And they also love to shop online for their clothing. And the stylish mummies? The stylish mummies, they're the eldest of the different segments. They like to look attractive and have a quite a classic dress sense. Um, they're not just beauty but also have brains and spend a lot of their time doing online shopping when they're online. Um, so typically fashion brands could uh, partner with uh, online banking to appeal to stylish mummies. They are bargain hunters. 
But also what is interesting about this group is that their children will influence the brands which they buy and they do shop for the family more than they shop for themselves. So those are all the mummies who, who took their kids to see Justin Bieber? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what about the unstylish mummies? I'm just thinking that these are all, obviously you're, you're focusing on, on women for whom fashion is already an appeal, but do you know the unstylish or the less stylish people still shop? Absolutely. Um, so it would be important to understand that market and what are the influences to connect with them, to make them shop in a way in which appeals to them. So it might not be a style orientation which appeals to them, but perhaps one of value for money or quality or bargain hunting. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the mouths full of the undecideds. I mean, how many times have you been into a mall? And women are going in and out of six, seven different shops searching for something that's going to talk to them. Well, I mean, I suppose there are some like that. There are others who know exactly what they want and where they're going to get it. But what do you recommend to your, uh, your clients then that will get the undecideds into their store and not into another one? So the key essence of TGI is to understand how consumers think. And it might not be about knowing what these shoppers are looking for when they're going into stores but appealing to them through in-store promotions, for example, or very competent salespersons who are likely to influence them. So by understanding how they think and what their attitudes are towards fashion and shopping, we could then influence them with the right elements to make them tick. How much influence does the, the shop assistant actually have? You know, the one who comes and says, can I help you? or the other one who just stands and watches you struggle? I mean, does it make a big difference? If you... um, in certain segments, it most definitely does, yes. Um, and we've also looked at the likelihood of consumers to actually talk about fashion and shopping with their friends and family. And uh, word of mouth is quite high in South Africa and is definitely an avenue to use to influence. I don't know to what extent we compare ourselves to other, or your research compares South African women to other countries, but are we on the whole very fashion conscious? You know, on um, a scale of 1 to 10, tick the box? Uh, we are not as fashion conscious as other markets. Um, there's also been quite interesting data which has been pulled in terms of beauty um, in the bricks, and it's quite interesting to see, for example, in Brazil, how the women there would like to be attractive to the opposite sex. That's their core interest in terms of fashion. The Chinese women are more interested in retaining their youth, uh, being young and youthful in their looks. Um, the Indian women are quite celebrity conscious, so using celebrities to influence their fashion and beauty purchases would definitely work. And Russians are quite recession-aware and look for cheaper prices when they actually go shopping. So it's quite interesting to understand women in different markets and how to then appeal and talk to them. Gosh, isn't that interesting? And, and if we were have this sort of one-line tag for South African women, they are what? They are basically quite fashion-driven, not to the extent of other countries, but they're also looking at value for money. So they're not as brand loyal as other women in other markets are, but I think we literally love products or brands which deliver value for money but still give us that brand recognition. So a little bit Brazilian, a little bit Russian. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> not so much uh, celebrity-driven, or maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe we are. You know, one of the things about South Africa that is, is unique to South Africa, and it doesn't relate to any of the other BRICS countries, is that we have an African flavour. Does that 
colour our, uh, our fashion buying habits at all? Uh, we're at a very interesting phase in our business currently where we're looking to launch into Africa. So we look forward to compile insights comparing South Africa to other African markets. Can we compare ourselves to other African markets? Are we more Western? Are we more African? We do not have current, uh, current data on that yet, and we look forward to compiling it to answer that question. Yeah. Where are we headed then? Are we, because, I mean, times are particularly tight. Are we seeing less buying? Are we, are we seeing less rushing for fashion? Most definitely. I think there is a more discriminatory purchase in terms of local purchasing. Um, so even though the fashion market has increased, um, we are more discretionary in how we spend our money. I suppose it's last day I'm thinking about these four groups. What about the individual? There are a lot of, a lot of women who just want something different, who are looking to make their mark. Do they fit into this at all? Most definitely. So we, we're talking quite generic here. Um, apart from just analysing the whole market, we like to break it up into four main segments. But there are also segments within these which would express how an individual would purchase. Um, and I do think CRM, today's CRM, is quite important to understand how individual shoppers actually shop and all the loyalty cards which are currently in the market are another avenue to try and understand individual shopping behaviours and preferences. COM? A customer Relationship Management. OCRM? Yes. Just lastly, Marie, if anybody would like to find out more, have you got results of your survey? Can they be found anywhere? Absolutely, they're more than welcome to contact us. It's 012-428-7400. And we have a website as well, www.tgi.co.za. And that was Maria Petrucci of the Target Group Index. If you'd like to know more, www.tgi.co.za. Join me, Hilton Tarrant, every weeknight at 6 for the SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. With breaking business news, expert analysis, investment insights, and the story behind the story, we're helping you make sense of the markets and your money. That's the Market Update, weeknights right here on SAFM at 6. Gear yourself for 22 exciting regular Friday evening appointments because Nuit for Nuit is back. We're going to rock you again with brand new music challenges, bubbling contestants, brilliant guest artists and our red hot band. Kick off your shoes, phones off the hook, on with your music hats and come and sing, play and laugh along with us. See you every Friday evening at 7.30 on SABC2 for the usual fun and games associated with Nuit for Nuit. Can't wait. Otherwise, Talking Women coming to you on a Friday when we usually take a look at some or other women's organisation or women's gathering or group, either locally or abroad. Well, an interesting one, this, because a couple of years ago, London-based graphic designer Damien Poulain decided it was time that women photographers got some recognition. So what he's done is he's focused on different big cities and he's identified women photographers from those cities and put together books of their images. Well, this year, his choice was Johannesburg. And tomorrow, POV, it's called Point of View, Johannesburg is going to be launched at Fourth Wall Books in Joburg. And we've got Damien on the line. Hi, Damien. Hello. Hi. Very nice to have you with us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about your thinking here. Why did you decide it was time that women photographers work with scene? Um, that was just based on a simple um, um, uh, <laughs> um, 
I don't know, I just saw that around me there were so many like male photographers that were succeeding in their career and uh, I was meeting lots of like young girls around that uh, couldn't really reach um, the, 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 the audience to target that they, they wanted to, to go to. So um, I, I was always fascinated by, by this and I, I thought like maybe uh, I should do something with them but I didn't really know at that time what to do and it's just... Um, it just, just happened like this that uh, I, I thought I would create something, some kind of publication just to, to, to create a platform to raise uh, awareness mm. about their work. Mm. Why do you think that they weren't reaching the audiences that they should have been? Is it because they, well, why do you think? I don't know. I don't but, know. Yeah. I really don't know. It's just, um, uh, for me, I don't, I, don't, I don't really want to make any like, statement about yeah. female photography. I'm just doing it because I feel pretty close to the, uh, the sensibility. The, the, I've got some kind of relationship with uh, uh, work done by female uh, artists. Mm. Um, thing is, I don't really know. It's like um, I'm doing this almost like as an experiment just yeah. to see how, what would be the outcome like, by publishing those books. But um, I don't want to make any uh, format or any Yeah, sort of feminist statements or anything. About, no, absolutely. Uh, so interesting thing is that you have then gone to big cities and actually found these women photographers. What have you, once you found the, the women photographers, what have you asked from them? Have you commissioned particular works or just had a look at what they do? No, the, the, the way I work is um, I'm looking for young female photographers so that they're, they're generally under 40 years old. And uh, I'm asking to see some work that already, or has already been produced. So I'm not commissioning anything, and it's, I'm coming to them to publish something that, that has already been done with their own, um, uh, their, their, their own willing and their own um, uh, strength. You know, the, 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 uh, what, I, what I like is, is, is to, to highlight something that uh, they, they generate you know, themselves. Yes, uh, yeah, I think it's, you've gone for something that's more personal. Yes. Yes, something that sort of happens in there every yeah, day. Yeah, what I'm looking for is really honesty in someone's mm. work. So mm. uh, I always like, you know, in, in other things that I, I like, it's, it's uh, outsider artists, like people who do things with... Um, that's coming from their heart, you know. It's like they, they don't think about about what they do; they just do it. Yeah. And this is what I like in someone's work: honesty. And this is this is also like why I like uh, Africa or places like this because there's an energy, there's something mm. that is like you know linked to 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 passion, and that this is what I'm I'm, I'm doing, you know. Lovely, lovely. Which other cities have you uh, identified work from? Sorry. Which other cities have you gone to? Um, so I started in London because mm-hmm. I was, uh, this is where I saw, uh, I, I met like young girls from like quite uh, a while ago. Uh, then I went to Tokyo just because I wanted to get like a proper cultural change uh, and make a, a big difference from the, the cities. And then Johannesburg for the same reason. I'm trying to really mix um, cultural identities mm-hmm. and uh, choosing one city in every place. So that's, that's the third edition now. I want to find out a little bit about uh, who and what you found in Johannesburg, but very briefly, London, Tokyo, what sort of statements were the women making or what sort of images did they have in London and in Tokyo? Um, It's difficult to say, I mean, uh, because the the way I'm I'm choosing those girls is I'm trying to find projects that are not similar, so... Mm. Um, for example, if I take Johannesburg, uh, I didn't want it to pigeonhole uh, people doing things on township or, or poverty 
or, or over some, some sort of uh, weird issues. I want to give like positive um, feeling about the publication. So I'm choosing girls that are doing pretty much different work from each other. So one will be about nature, one will be about a foreign country, about Johannesburg, etc., etc. So in London, um, one is, is doing something about striptease uh, girl because she's doing this to pay uh, photography work. Another one about family. Another one is about uh, a dad dying, and the other one's about gypsy. Uh, so it's, it's very broad, and uh, Japan the same. I've tried to choose different approach in the same city through uh, the eyes of five young girls. You know, yeah. um, it's it, it's all about. I'm really trying to to give um, a broad vision of what uh, photographers will do or are doing. And the ones that you found in Johannesburg, they're, they're shooting what? So Johannesburg is, uh, is broad. There's one about uh, white poverty uh, in the suburb of Johannesburg. Another one is about uh, Rwanda through, uh, through the window of a car, so passing through Rwanda. Um, there's um, one about um, uh, a village from the ancestors in Botswana and uh, uh, Yoban, another one, Yoban life, so like Yoban lifestyle in Johannesburg, so like uh, people call the wizards. And uh, and the, the, the last one is uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a village, a farmer's village, where um, white and black uh, are, are together and then dealing with uh, agricultural um, uh, fair. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's, it is pretty broad as well. Yeah, right yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm, I think, from, if I'm right, there are a sort of um, a limited edition that you're producing. Yeah, well, they're all like, um, they, they, they are limited by the fact that I am um, uh, financially supporting this project. So it's kind of like, because, because it is quite big for me uh, mm. to, to fund this, uh, so I only produce 100 copies of each. And... Um, and it, they, they tend to go really fast uh, selling. And then also I do a limited edition box set so mm. that, uh, that comprise um, a print signed by the artist and then a book uh, signed also by the artist. So like someone can get like the whole box, which is screen printed. Um, and it's all about really detail and printing and really taking care about the production to make something that is... Uh, desirable and, and nice, you know, um, to respect the, 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 the girls that are involved in the project, but also for me to, to produce something that is, uh, is good for my publishing. Yes. Have you, I would imagine that this would be a really interesting collector's item for somebody, an international collector, to get, to get yeah. a, a POV from all these, I mean, so far London, Tokyo and Doburg, but it would be a, a real sort of social collection, wouldn't it? Have yes, you got, have yes, you got yes any? exactly. I mean, I have, the, I have people who buy those boxes since the beginning, you know, in London, in Tokyo, and uh, I've got bookshop in different countries, so in America, in Japan, in France, Germany, and there's those those bookshops deal with collectors who buy those objects, so they are getting uh, collected, you know. Yeah. Is, is, there, is there, Damien, is there no chance for reprint? I mean, once a hundred, hundred mm. copies are gone, I mean, don't you feel tempted to quickly do a few more? Well, uh, yeah, but uh, I need to find the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same reason. Um, the bottom line. No, the thing is uh, I do 100 because it allows me to go quick. So yeah. I, I do it 
it's done, and then I go to the next one because it's pretty, it's a big, big project for me. Uh, I start normally in November and then publish in March or May. Uh, so it takes a long time to find the photographers, organize the event yes. in a different country that I don't know, uh, etc. So I think I will finish the project, and then maybe in the end, when I got the five, uh, I'm thinking maybe of a, an iPad application or something just to to bring them back together. Yeah. But, um, I'm not sure yet. Uh, only five, but there are all these wonderful countries all over the world are probably crawling with young <laughs> photographers. I think you'll have, you have to find some more money. Inviting me, like in India, in mm. Malaysia, mm. you know. It's, it's crazy in Mexico, but I can't. I have to stop because, um, as I say, financially for me, it, 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 it's not bad. It, it, I'm not making much money, so uh, it's it's great as a project. Yeah. And I just want to raise awareness about uh, young female photographers and to look for young talents. And I just hope that it will um, it will encourage other people to do it, you know, and then. Uh, this project I wouldn't mind helping and then be part of some project to, yeah. to, to carry on doing things with yeah. female yeah. photographers maybe but, somebody can pick up the battle yeah it's Don't like a good series on TV you know you yeah. look yeah. episode and it's finished and then you're craving to see the, the next one well thanks for starting the idea Damien it sounds thanks. great and I know that the book's going to be launched tomorrow for yep. all books uh, that's in Stanley Avenue in Mill Park and uh, yes like to find out more www.fourthwallbooks.com Yes, exactly, or uh, www.udi.net. Okay, that's uh, udi.net. Yes. Lovely. Damien Poulain, thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Well, if you find yourself anywhere near Fourth Wall Books tomorrow, that's where it's being launched. Actually, not sure of the time, but if you'd like to find out a little bit more, www.udi, that's net. I think he said, udi.net or fourthwallbooks.com. Com. Right after uh, right after the news headlines, we're going to be back. We're going to be talking about more art and more books. So stay with us. One thirty. Time for the news headlines with Asanda. Thanks very much, Asanda. Well, still to come, books and more art. Uh, we're going to be talking about a project called Art Alive in just a minute. We're going to be talking to the two young ladies who've put it all together. It's part of the Hundred in One Day. It's a Cape Town project. It sounds very very exciting. Lots of fun. But books, more books, uh, interesting to hear what Damien had to say there. And don't forget, Sunday, uh, on Sunday between 1 and 4, uh, I'll be bringing you SAFM literature. Lots and lots of books on that as well. And lots and lots of books going to be here on, on show at the Kingsmead Book Fair that's happening tomorrow for the third year running in Johannesburg in Melrose. But uh, tell us a little bit more about it. We've got on the line the organiser, Sally Herbert. Hi, Sally. Hello, Nancy. How are you? Excellent. Thank you very much. No, very so, sorry not to have been able to come to your book fair with in Johannesburg yesterday. And somebody said, why aren't you staying for the Kingsmead book fair? And I Absolutely. said, well, I'm sorry, I can't. Oh, well, that is a pity, Nancy. We'd love to have you, but next, next year you'll have yeah. to be here. Absolutely. Tell us about the Kingsmead book fair. You're in your third year. What is your, what's your USP? What makes you different from any other book fair? Nancy, I think um, in Johannesburg there isn't really anything like it, um, and because it's being held at Kingsmead College, a school, I think our, you know, we're trying to sort of cover a broad range of different subjects, and we have a children's program and a tweens program, so we're appealing to scholars, and then of course we have a main adult program, which is also for teenagers, so I think that our reach is very broad. We have tried to cover, as I said, a variety of different subjects, so I mean, we're quite confident that there is something for everyone to enjoy. So it's just the one day, and you're packing all this into one day? 
Yes, we are, and it is just tomorrow, and I must say we are so grateful and delighted to have the amazing lineup that we've got. We've got almost 70 authors and journalists, and you know some of the journalists are pretty well-known. We've got some high-profile people, so we're feeling very lucky and privileged to have all of them at Kingsmead tomorrow, I must say. Um, and, Nancy, what happened was we ran a small one at school two years ago, and we all loved it so much that we decided we wanted to make it bigger, to open it to the public, and just to spread the love of books and the love of reading. So there really is a great feeling to the project, and all of us who work on it um, love working on it. We love working together, and, of course, we're working with authors and publishers, which, well, can't do much better mm, than that. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like a huge amount of authors and, uh, and people to be talking all in a day. Yes, it is, Nancy. Um, sounds like sort of flash, we, flash talking. Are they going to be talking very quickly, or will there be overlapping events? There will be overlapping events. Okay. We just thought that um, a little bit like French Hook, they offer about six or seven different sessions at every one time. So we are offering four different sessions. So it does mean that you have to make a choice. But we have tried to um, vary them. So, for example, in our first time slot, we have got Reedy Clabby speaking to Michelle Magwood. Mm. And then we have something on sort of science. Then we have a fantastic session on rhino poaching with Julian Radomir, who's recently won yes, um, Sunday Times time. Award. Mm. And then we have a session dealing with race with Eusebius MacKaiser and Indomisa in Mobile. So we've tried... In, each of our six different time slots to, to spread the sort of interest so that it will make it easier for people to choose. But, Nancy, having said that, I mean, I think what you do want is you do want people sort of thinking, which people have been saying is, you know, I have to make a choice. I don't want to make a choice. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so many wonderful things to choose from. I think you, you do actually want that as well. So there really is a wonderful mix of different things. Different things, and, you know, it is all about books because that's, you know, that's the sort of starting point. But it's about other things as well. I'm just thinking there's rhinos, there's politics, there's racism, there's, there's issues. Um, and that's the wonderful thing about books is it, it's just an entree into a whole collection of different areas. Oh, absolutely. You are so right. Um, as you said, we, yes, we, we, we are. We're covering quite a few different um, different interesting subjects, and we're just hoping to sort of draw lots of people in, because I think, I think it is a fair that is very accessible. It's going to be very easy for people to get to Kingsmead. We are in Rosebank, which is very central. We're right next to the Rosebank car train station. So people coming from Pretoria or coming from Santon, it's just incredibly easy to get to the school, and that's what we want. We want... Um, you know, we just want to make it available for a wide range of different people particularly, and different yeah, ages. Yeah, the, the, the different ages thing is really interesting, the children's and the tweens, who sometimes get left out of these sort of things. They do. Tweens in particular, uh, you know, because it's, it's easy enough to sit a child down and read them a, a story and they'll absolutely love it. Tweens can be a bit sort of distracted by other things. Oh, who, absolutely who right. Have you got we, I mean, our children's program will take up most of the day. The tweens program is a little bit shorter, um, it's over sort of two hours. But I think, as, as you're saying, the tweens sort of think they're a little bit older. So some of those, those tweens will probably come to the main program. They'll probably come in and sit on, on a couple of those, which, which is also great, which would also be fine. Um, Nancy, and then, of course, there'll be fantastic food and drink for sale. 
Um, we're going to have different ensembles and orchestras and choirs playing. So it's going to be a really great day, a wonderful day for families, um, a wonderful day for anyone who's interested in books. Yeah, and, and I like the, the, the food inclusion. I see you've got Andrea Bergner with the Lampedusa yes. pie, which looks like a wacky book. Absolutely, we do. And um, she is, we teamed her up with Marlene van der Westhuizen, mm. Um, and Anna Trapido is going to be yeah. facilitating that session. So I think that's, that's just going to be fantastic. Can, can I mention a couple of our sessions, Nancy? Actually, what I'd really like to hear is more about the, the tween sessions. What is, well, who are you going to get in that's really going yes, to pull them? Of course. Um, in the tweens program, we have a South African who's based in the UK called Paul Geraghty. I don't know if you know him. He's actually written quite a few children's and obviously tweens books. Um, He's the author of Teenage Fiction and the winner of the Young Africa Award for his first novel, Pig. Um, I've spoken to him on the phone. I'm yet to meet him, but apparently he is very entertaining. And so he is, he is one of the three that we've got in the tweens program. Is he coming out especially for the, for the book fair? Well, he, yes, he came to Frunchuk. Um, that's the other reason why we've decided to have our book fair the weekend after Frunchuk, so that we can share so everybody's still in the country. authors yeah. who come out. Mm. Um, so yes, so he is so he is coming and, and staying for us. He'll be part of the children's program as well. The well, actually, what the tweens program yeah. are Joanne McGregor and Diane Stewart, and then the children's program we've got Tracy going, Chris Van Veek, who most people yeah. know Chris Van Veek. Yeah, He's fantastic. We Surely we do. <laughs> Alan Glass, Hamilton, Wendy, Marianne Bester. Julie, what I'm going to do is give out the website because oh, I imagine the whole program is on there. And as I say, I'm really, really sorry not to be there, but it sounds like you're going to have lots of fun. Yes, we are, Nancy. Thank Jenny, you. And you shall lovely. have to come next year. <laughs> Make a date. Make a date. Lovely. Thanks a lot. Pleasure. Jenny. Thank you, Nancy. Sally Herbert, organiser of the Kingsmead Book Fair. Well, if you would like to know more, www.kingsmead.co.za forward slash book fair. Kingsmead.co.za forward slash book fair. Otherwise... On SAFM. Join hands with the government to commemorate Child Protection Week from the 27th of May to the 2nd of June 2013. Do your part and join in the Umbrella and Whistle campaign on the 27th of May. The umbrella symbolises protection and the giving of shelter, and whistleblowing is synonymous with sounding an alarm. Report incidents of child abuse on the Childline South Africa toll-free number 0800 05 5555. You can also wear a green ribbon to show your support to protecting the rights of our children. The green ribbon symbolises life and growth associated with children. They need to be nurtured and conserved. Together, let's use this opportunity to speak out against child abuse and neglect and to act on child abuse wherever it may occur. Otherwise, with Nancy Richards. Otherwise, it is with me, Nancy Richards, talking women and finally... Uh, on the show today, interesting to hear what's going on in Johannesburg, but what's going on in Cape Town is a whole lot of stuff. It's, uh, people people are, are busy multitasking, I think. It's something called the 100 in One Day Project, which means that everybody's been very busy doing all sorts of things in one day. To tell us a little bit about it, we have Kiara Ramcliffe. Hi, Kiara. Hello. I love your band, the Bomb Earrings. Very nice. Thank you. And also Yonella Ndila. Hi, Yonella. Hey. Lovely. No band, the Bomb Earrings, but very pretty little thing. <laughs> Lovely. Okay, let's find out, before we get on to your particular project, um, Kiara, tell us about 101 Day. What's going on? 101 Day is a citizen-driven own festival of doing. Um, so basically, there's going to be at least 100 interventions happening around the city that aims to improve the city in mm-hmm. some way. 
Okay. And can anybody join, or do you have to get invited? Anybody can join. Any citizens of Cape Town who wish to start a project that is going to uplift their community or just add a bit of laughter to someone's life on the day. Okay. So has the day been and gone? Is it still to come? It it is tomorrow. Oh, it's tomorrow. Oh, how appropriate that you're here to tell us all about it. So anybody can just do whatever they want to do, clean up a street, paint a wall, whatever they want to do. Okay. Plant a tree. Plant a tree, (laughs) yes. No, good one, good one. Um, Yonela, what about you? How did you get involved in this? Okay, we are co-founders at mm. Art Alive, of Art Alive. This is your bit. Which is yeah. our project. And then we recently um, started the project. And then we are focusing on young learners who are from Kailicha, particularly underprivileged schools. And we are introducing them to art education. Oh, okay. How? Well, we believe that everybody has to express themselves and that sometimes people do it you know, in other means that society views as incorrect. So we're just standing in to say, hey, there is a way of expressing yourself through art. It's fun and it gives you a way of thinking and viewing the world in a different way. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, part of the uh, women's conference that we were at yesterday, we were talking about innovation and, and how you get to be innovation. And innovation and creation and creativity sort of and vision all came together in one big parcel. So I suppose you can be innovative and creative and, and do something through art. Why, why, um, Kiara, why art in particular? Are you both very arty? Yes, uh, I think we're both very passionate about specific art forms. Mm. I'm passionate about playing marumbas and Mm -hmm. African drumming. And I do poetry, like free writing. Okay, so when we say art, we're not necessarily talking uh, uh, visual art. It's the arts. The arts. The arts. Everything is included, visual arts, painting, like everything. Even chess. Oh, chess. Okay, I suppose it's not. Yes, it's certainly. Why not? So, what are you going to do? You know, you've got a lot of options here. You're going to just turn up in Kailicha, find the learners. Okay. So, um, tomorrow for 101 day, we're going to have an introduction to our project. So, we're going to have a marimba workshop held at Weinberg Girls High School, and this workshop is going to be for learners from Kailicha as well as open to the public. So, it's just an introduction to. sort of launch our project and then our actual project which involves the workshops in drumming, poetry, painting, chess, that's also all going to be implemented in the school when the third term begins, so after the school holidays. Okay, so you're using the 101 day as your sort of uh, diving board? Yes. Okay. What are you going to be doing you yourselves? Are you going to be moving between the marimbas and the chess board and and the music and the poetry? What are, you, what are you going to do, Yonela? Okay, well, for, for our project, when we go to Kailita to introduce it to the learners, basically I'll be focusing on poetry and painting and, uh, and other forms of art, sketching and so on. But then we have people who will be assisting us and doing other forms of art, like we have people who will be singing, people will be doing various things, and we have actually uh, been able to identify that young people in Kailisha are so interested in uh, rap music, and we want people to also, you know, perform in terms of that, but do it in a, in a way that is positive and motivational to them. Are you, is your, your team, your, this we, the group of you who are going to go there, are you all girls? 
So, so far, it's just the two of us, and okay. we also, we've been speaking to people who are so-called uh, experts in different art fields, and we're going to ask them to come in to lead a specific workshop okay, so on the day. Okay, talent. Yes, uh-huh. sort of, yes, uh-huh. like that. Okay. The, uh, when you say to introduce them, introduce mm. these young people to art education, do you think they don't have any introduction at school? I mean, I'm not sure what, what, what is the story at school. There, some schools do and some schools don't. Okay, there's this whole concept that um, art is a bit separated mm. from um, our actual academics and some schools basically focus on academics and I've actually um, experienced this coming from Kailita because I'm also from Kailita and we, what we're basically doing, we're saying um, we want learners to have other options because we've realized that some, it's, not, it's, not, it's not like, um, it, I think it's reality that we know that some People don't pass a trick, and then some maybe don't have money to go into um, varsity. But then we want to give them other options. Like we want to have want people to have other options that they have in case maybe such would happen. Okay, is it? it you know, I can see that it's all about starting on uh, the 101 day tomorrow. But it feels like it's got a lot of legs. This project. It feels like you know we were going back to the innovation conversation we were having yesterday. Uh, our very own Michelle Constant here on SAFM had you know a lot to say about the arts and and the importance of the arts in bringing everybody together and improving, showing what you can do. Do you see that this might become something more? Yes, definitely. Mm. We have um, some grade 11s from Herschel who have come on board and said, we want to be part of the marimba aspect. So they've asked their music teacher for permission to use their school's marimbas. And we're going to run a six-month marimba workshop project with their school as part of Art Alive. So we, we're looking at this in long-term um, sense. So it's not just going to be a one-day workshop at the school. We want to have it once a month for a period of several months. You think that there might be a little bit of learning both ways? I mean, Nella, you will know only too well that there are a lot of young people who maybe they don't do it formally at school, but there's a lot of there's a lot of singing. There, there is a lot of poetry. There's a, all sorts of things going on. You might find a whole lot of talent there that can help spread the word. Yeah, I actually do believe that, and I feel that we ourselves will be learning a lot as much as we think we'll we're introducing them to art, but I think we can certainly learn a lot from that. Okay, okay. Have you got, what are you, have you got a Facebook page? Have you got a website? How can people get in touch with you if they would like to join in, perhaps? Um, there's a Facebook page artists. called Marumba Jam. Okay. And that's basically the Marumba aspect. And we're still working on a website at the moment. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's a Facebook page. It's just called Marimba Jam. Marimba Jam. Now, Miss Kiara Ramplas, I think that you fought Marimba Jam. Didn't you win the Amy Bill You Spirit Award? Yes, I did. Yes, you did. <laughs> it's so wonderful. So what is Marimba Jam? Marimba Jam is um, it's a project I started last year mm-hmm. to introduce marimba music to um, some learners from a school in Langa. And basically, we decided to incorporated in Art Alive. So it's almost like an expansion of Marimba Jam. We'll also be having Marimba, but we've now added more art to it. Yonela, do you play the, you play the Marimba? And do you, do you read your poetry to the sound of the Marimbas? Are, well, you, are you a double act here? Well, we're <laughs> actually working on that. Yeah. We actually are working on that, and that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a wonderful duet yesterday. Sorry to go on about yesterday, but there were so many interesting concepts, and Sibongili Kumalo said that, you know, if you work with, with music, it's, it's a way of, of uh, creating sort of teamwork, and you yeah. could be a duet, you could be a trio, you could be a quartet, and here you are, a duet ready-made. Yeah. Lovely. Well, very 
very best of luck and uh, it certainly sounds like it's as I say it's got uh, plenty of plenty of room to expand so if you'd like to know a little bit more we've been talking to uh, Kiara Ramkas and also Yonela and Dile out there are co-founders of Arts Alive check out the Facebook page which is Marimba Jam Marimba Jam just quickly Kiara where did you learn to play the marimba? At school. I've been playing for six years. And I just matriculated, and now I'm a marimba teacher teaching at school. Well, that is really... Which school? I teach at lots of schools in the southern suburbs, but I come from Weinberg Girls. If you want to get hold of her, she's ex-Weinberg Girls School, but you can get hold of her and she'll come along and teach marimba at your school too. Lovely. Thank you very much. Thanks, team, too. That's Hazel, Mike, and Derek Fordyce, and Nancy Richards. And up next, it's Shop Shop, the children's programme.